back to Articulate with Steve Jones. What a beautiful day to sit down and listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, this week, a very, very beautiful guest, uh, Nikki P. Uh, this man came on to talk about his passion and love for science and space. Such a great guy. Um, I, we started talking about you know science and space, but I think what really it kind of came on to was the idea of growing and and developing your own interests and hobbies in your own time and kind of becoming competitive with yourself um, to to learn and grow in those areas so uh, i think it kind of developed in that direction because nikki talks like an old man and kind of just goes off on tangents and has add but it's fine it's beautiful i love it um i can't imagine talking to this man when he's 87 years old it's gonna be insane but no, it's seriously, it is beautiful, and, and you can tell that, you know, he pays attention to what he wants to do, you know what I mean, and what he loves, so uh, it's very inspiring to, to listen to him talk, and um, because, like I say, he, he really does get into what he wants to get into, and there's a lot of passion and fire behind him, so uh, very great guy, met him at Two Street, that's my favorite place to meet people, and uh, the result of that is this beautiful conversation, so... Uh, I hope you enjoyed as much as I do, and have fun. All right, Mr. Nikki P. Has a, has, has an angle. As I'm crunching ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nikki P. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nikki P. What is your actual last name, dude? I feel so bad. I just, uh, I've only heard you introduced as Nikki P. Yeah, no, last name's Picari. Picari. All right, Nicholas Picari. Yes, sir. All right, how you doing, sir? Dude, I can't complain. <laughs> I woke up today. It's always a good start. Yeah. Uh, and uh, did some work, and now I'm here. All right. Are you excited to talk about science, dude? <laughs> I'm always excited to talk. I'm Italian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Italian. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I actually have been really pumped about this because every time we go out to open mics and anything science-related, cosmic-related, uh, you know, quantum theory, especially with, like, Jamie working on, like, nanotechnology and things mm-hmm. like that, when it comes up, dude, I just see a light go off in your in your brain. And I, dude, science. There's a lot of. There's not that many things that bring me joy in life, <laughs> um, but one of them is definitely. Look, I mean, we're all like that. Come on, uh, science though. Science. I, I, dude, I love it. I love it because it's it's just so factual. Right. Yeah. Well, so background a little bit. So because. You're an open mic comic. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a comedian, actually. You're better than an open mic comic, right? Oh, I appreciate that, man. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so background-wise, for me to hear that you're super into science is like, mm-hmm. whoa. So, a little bit of background. You're a project manager, as far as I'm concerned for your job, or from what you've told me for the most part, right? So, science, when did that, like, kind of, you know, I guess it started with facts, probably, for you. But was there any, like, major source that you can think of? Of where your passion for this started. Ooh. Was there like a six I, I definitely science was. project? No. <laughs> <laughs> like a volcano or something like that? No, actually I do. I mean, I had, a, I had a telescope when I was a kid, but I don't really have many memories of when I was younger. Hmm. Man, it must have been probably when I moved to Philly about 10 years or so ago. Philly's got a lot of, I love the Franklin Institute. They got a science section in there. That thing's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would, it was definitely later in my years that I, it started really developing and at this point dude i got i got weird passion towards just learning it it's so interesting to me the shit that's out there and honestly how minuscule you really are in the grand scheme of things yeah damn uh, 
So yeah, so um, moving to Philly, it was it. It must have been just like going to like like you said, like the Franklin Institute or something around here that kind of like got you into it. And then from there, did you start with just like your own research? Was there like a show that you kind of were like, I'm interested in this. I'm gonna check this out. Or like a book. Like I'm interested. I know I liked my experience here. You know, how did it kind of progress? I think it probably was there for a little while. Like when I was a kid, I did used to watch. Uh, the History Channel with my dad all the time. I had an older dad when I grew up. Okay. My dad was like 44, 45 when he had me. <clears throat> and so when I was a kid, I mean, my dad was always in his 50s. So he's he's one of those guys that liked to watch the uh, old school History Channel when there was one channel, not two yeah. or whatever they have now. Yeah. So I have a lot of fond memories of those moments where I used to watch with him. So I, when History Channel kind of expanded and there was a lot more space documentaries that were getting on the history channel because most of the stuff i used to watch was like old roman times victorian age all that stuff um but i I started really catching on with uh i gotta it has to be the history channel uh and just as i got older i love a good documentary man oh yeah i love it i go to bed every night for the most part vast majority of the night uh to like neil degrasse tyson he's got star talk love his uh, podcast Star Talk Radio if you haven't watched it please watch it it's awesome and then like oh man Strauss uh, what's his name Darwin not Darwin (laughs) Richard Dawkins (laughs) (laughs) talking about Darwin yeah yeah. Um, but that stuff's cool because it's it's, I love watching it because you have people vastly smarter than me (laughs) um, (laughs) telling me things that I can comprehend they do such a good job of communicating it. Yeah. And, fuck, I mean, I do like learning. I know I don't want to ever go back to college, but mm-hmm. I do like self-learning. I like it, the idea of, like, at my own time, my own leisure. Mm-hmm. And what better time than when you're laying in bed at night, just put yeah. on a podcast or put on a documentary? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's things that, as opposed to forced learning, it's things that you're actually interested in. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Forced learning is the worst learning, man. <laughs> That's why probably, I guarantee you the school system changed it to somehow being able to make it feel less forced. I bet you grades would be so much better. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. much better. Definitely. Structure's needed, mm-hmm. but they don't do a good job of prepping one, I think, kids in general for the real world whatsoever. Right. Right. Uh, but in general, I think, yeah, if you could if you could somehow get it to be more relaxing. Mm-hmm. More like not less or less forceful. Yeah, like the kids would do better. Kick up your feet up on a bed in a, oh, in a yeah. nice comfy chair like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's honestly what I do a lot of these podcasts for because it puts people in a comfortable situation, and then I get to learn about their passions. You know what I mean? So, like last time, Pete Ekinroff came on and just talked about Eagle Scouts, Boy Scouts mm. for the entire time. So many things I didn't know about that. Oh, so I bet. About I don't have to get into the details. I'll tell you all about it. No, some yeah, we have time. some stuff to talk about. Yeah. So it's not about him. He's done. No, <laughs> he's done. He's fired. Yeah. <laughs> um, that but, was but that's really... So, I mean, so there must have been... For me, like, my interest definitely started... Um, I took a, you know, a science class, right? And I didn't have much, uh, you know, you take science classes every year, but then in high school, they put you in one specific, like I took chemistry and I got super into chemistry oh, for yeah. some reason because I was also getting into cosmos. Dude, how could you not, man? Chemistry, you were, you were mixing, uh, mixing shit. Uh, chemicals together. Yeah. And putting like sulfate, making salt from nothing. Yeah, well, you have to look. You have to break things down on an atomic oh, level, yeah. and I was also getting into some philosophy at that time. So when you know, looking at like the definition of an, of an atom mm-hmm. comes down to you know, in, individable or undividable or something like that. 
Um, well, that's what they thought. That's the Greek. Exactly. They thought that Adam's that little history. Yeah, well, Greeks back in the day thought you could. Adam was the smallest. It was. It could never be broken. So that's why they called it an Adam. But in fact, it's right. not true. Well, that's what blew my mind. Yeah. yeah that's kind of what got me interested because you know that these philosophers they were thinking about that back they then, were thinking which about is it. crazy. It's like insane. that's crazy to me. Right. Adams have been around for hundreds of years. Yeah. We've already knew about them. Right. Well, not fully, but... <laughs> no, but... And then the it's point crazy. is, they were thinking about that, and they came up with the term for it, undividable. Mm-hmm. And then later down the line, I'm sitting in a chemistry class thinking, oh, these, that's an atom. And then mm-hmm. they're just like, no, there's things smaller than that. There's more in that. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Protons, <laughs> neutrons, electrons. Yeah, and then smaller. electrons. You got the quark, up quark, down quark. Dude, the quarks he didn't even want. My professor's like, we won't even get into the quarks. Yeah. Cause quark's like, a funny name. Yeah, it quark. is kind of a funny. But <laughs> electrons, so in an atom, right, there's the nucleus um, and there's the protons, which kind of form the, the barrier mm-hmm. around it, right? And then electrons just kind of fuck around inside of that barrier, right? Yeah, they do. They And... I actually, because you have that, so the the, um, the icon that's familiar with atoms, right? It's like that nuclear with the thing going around, that, uh, what do you call it? Or like... Well, no, I was just say the logo for, you know, it made famous, it's that logo of an atom with an electron spinning around it, kind of like a planet to the sun. Yeah. It's actually not accurate. Well, yeah. They're... It's not, a, yeah, but it just became catchy, that little thing, which is kind of cool. Um but yeah, there's, um, I'm not sure about like Adam's jumping, because I forget what they call that now. Uh, I think Niels, Niels, Niels Bohr. Niels Bohr. The, uh, the Bohr, uh, the Bohr model, where, uh, yeah, I've, I, we learned about that. Oh, did you? Oh, oh. Yeah, where it's, um, yeah, you, everything has to be balanced with those. But, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, there's literally, the, you can, if you look up the progression of the model of an atom, you can see how it changes from just like a circle mm-hmm. with like, you know, another circle around it to like the 3D thing that I think is the most common one that you were talking about mm-hmm. where the electrons are floating on like a ring around yeah. the atom. Uh, but really it's like, a, they, like it's not, I don't know what the word is, but they, they literally like teleport around the thing. That's and exactly that's, what I'm talking That's And I forget what that's called. Yeah. That's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what they say that happens. It's crazy to me, mm. dude. Like they, that's like not something we could even comprehend. It's like, where do they go in the meantime? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? It's funny. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, his quote, his famous quote is, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. Some along those lines. That's pretty sure that's his statement, which is true. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. not, it's not supposed to make sense to us. Uh, no, you know? not at all. And so this was also for me, like in my period of learning about the uh, atom, I was watching mm-hmm. Cosmos a bunch too and smoking a bunch of weed. You know what I mean? So that. Well, you have to. And you I think have that's to. necessary. You can't, you can't think about the universe sober who doesn't <laughs> I'm, high right I'm high right now yeah. <laughs> that's a fact Damn. Uh, but here's the thing though is so like I created this theory in my own mind mm-hmm. the atom is like like the idea of say this is a high thought that I had right but suns explode and mm-hmm. new suns appear other places right so I was like what if like an electron is just like a little solar system and in that time because it's on such a small scale that's like to the people in that solar system, it feels much, much longer. But in reality, it's there for a minute, it's born, lives, and explodes in just that period of time that it's traveling around the thing. And here's the thing probably not a lot of science, scientific data to support that, right? <laughs> However, as a 
a high school kid smoking weed, learning all these things. I'm like, well, nobody can disprove me. You know what I mean? Well, they, no, they can. No, they, 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 they can. <laughs> <laughs> no, they definitely can disprove you. Uh, yeah, that logic they can. Yeah. Well, cause that's what a lot of people thought. Like when they first the uh, idea of going down, you know, below an atom, you know, right, going to the particle or molecules of it, mm-hmm. um, people thought it was like the electron was just like the Earth around the sun. They thought it was its own little solar system. It was this like poetic ending to what you know it is supposed to look like underneath an atom. But it, that's not reality. That's not what it looks like. Yeah. Um, which again goes back, to, you know, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. Right. Um, and I think that's the beauty part about science is that things that don't make sense to a scientist brings excitement to a scientist because now they're like, well, we got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Let's figure this shit out. Yeah. And that's the cool part about science is that, yes, it's ever-changing. I mean, what, fuck, do, do you realize that in the 1900s, not so, like, say, I think 1930s, people thought the universe was just our. They didn't, the idea that there were multiple galaxies was not common thought. Mm. That wasn't, it's not too long. It's less than a hundred years ago. Less than a hundred years ago, we thought the universe was just the Milky Way. That's it. Yeah. And nothing outside of it. We were in this little ball. It wasn't until um, the Red Drift with uh, Hubble, uh, he, he used um, Red Drift, uh, no, um, Red Shift. Mm-hmm. Um, he used that oh, to figure shift. out because the light found out because every star you're getting light from, right? Mm-hmm. And if, if closer it gets to blue, the closer it is to you, but he was getting these huge, huge shifts, uh, red shifts, which means longer waves, and mm-hmm. it shows you way that's much further than what we thought. And what you get, I mean, took a telescope on it, but you found out, boom, that's another galaxy. We aren't the yeah. only. So it just, and that added into the theory of like the Big Bang, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because if something did explode, like the Big Bang, yeah, because um, hundred percent, because yeah, we're getting expanding. The world nothingness is expanding. Yeah. Yeah. It's not truly nothingness, actually. But <laughs> well, that's what we were talking about last time. Uh, was you know, is there? A, I don't know. There's an, sphere. When the Big Bang happened, mm-hmm. I believe this. It's not scientifically technically proven, uh, <laughs> um, but there are people that agree with it. There is not nothing in the universe. There, uh, there's always something. You know, the dark hole, like I mean, the black hole in itself. I mean like the empty space there's something there we can't see it hmm. um, black yeah dark matter dark. Uh, you have dark energy um, both of those compiled literally like 98% of the entire universe uh, and it's expanding but I think when the big bang hit we're in that I don't know sphere ball whatever the hell you want to call it, expansion um, and maybe nothing nothingness exists out past that yeah. But inside where we're at, the universe that we see or know currently, um, even the empty space, it's not nothing. There's something there that exists. You can see it. Um, they, there's even been tests on this um, done, and you can literally Google it. Dark energy and dark matter. You could see the if you take empty space. Right. If you actually get empty space into a box and you take everything out, it's just what you think is nothing, right? Uh, you can see these. It's and the if you Google it, you'll see the video. It's like these blue tubes that come in and out, moving around, kind of like the electron. What we're talking about, where it jumps, oh, right? Really? Move, moves. That's what they see. These things. So there's where, in my opinion, brings some correlation to me. But thinking about uh, electrons being able to like Bohr's theory or whatever it's called. You definitely. Um, find the word. I, I think that gives me some belief that that's true. 
um, because I saw that and won't expect. But Google it. I swear to God, it's out there. I swear yeah. to God. I swear to God. Trust me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, that's uh, that's definitely uh, another cool thing that I love about just like, you know, because there is actual scientific data that you can look up online. You can find visualizations of it in some of the best graphics nowadays mm-hmm. that we have that. And then you can come to your own conclusions about that. That's kind of what I was getting about, mm-hmm. you know, getting out with the uh, high school, uh, you know, the stone high schooler theory that I <laughs> was having earlier. But, I mean, the point is that you can make your own conclusions because, you know, once you have that data that is out there, like uh-huh. once you find it on reputable sources, online at least, then you can be like, wow, I know this to be a fact. And from that, I myself can conclude this, you know. A lot of times that makes for a bad, you know, conclusion. But, <laughs> but you're learning. But you are learning, and you're well, and you're thinking is I think another oh, that's big another thing. big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah which uh, again is something that you know, it's, as opposed to like sitting down to watch like you know sitcom or something, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can kind of just zone out and laugh, unless you're sitting at it to watch and study comedy or something like that, right? No, that's true. But for the most part, most people are just sitting to watch and kind of enjoy, which is fine. Most time, as I said, I, I YouTube a lot. Right. I'm right. streaming documentaries or something like that. Yeah. You know what I do like watching? Mm. I love watching the monologues for all the late late night shows. Oh yeah. I like doing that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. Stephen <laughs> Colbert, Seth Meyers, even like Jimmy Kimball or Fallon. <clears throat> I just like watching their monologues. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. So, when I was in college or whatnot, no, the Justin was huge. Mm. I mean, he was big, very big. Right. There was a time frame where they were doing a study where like more people were getting the news from his show than actual news. <laughs> like in my demographic, that oh, was. Okay. Um, like we were getting more information from him, awesome. and it was a comedic show. Um, but he did such a good job of like He's still doing a good job. Oh yeah, but yeah, I loved listening to him because he did his perspective on it was very there was comical, but he was very serious when he needed to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Fuck, like when nine eleven happened. Oh yeah, like that was. They went they immediately lied. They did, that thing was crazy. And that was all. There was no jokes in that, really. It was, it was straight from the heart. That was it. it was, he was really good at knowing when to be serious and when to do, you know, be funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good for John Stewart, dude. I don't want to get too far away from... Uh... Well, yeah, I smoked weed, so I can't <laughs> promise you anything. We may go off on tangents more. Yeah, no, 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 that's okay. That's what conversation is. But I always got to bring back the original point of... 100%. So what I want to ask you is I mean so is there any basically what I was trying to come up with earlier is there any theories that you yourself have come up with that you thoroughly believe that you have come with to conclusion with with all the things that you've uh, all the content you've consumed uh, scientific content Ooh. is there anything any theory now it's, it could be a known theory Sure, sure. If there's like a, anything that you especially like latched on to, say, even. In general, uh, just the space. Your space. I've latched on to any documentary that is about any portion outside of Earth. <laughs> I have to watch it. Really? I like it. I, am, I can't tell you, we've talked about this before, I can't tell you how excited I am for the first pictures to come back from the James Webb telescope. Right. So I wanted to lead up to like, that too dude, as well. So the, take, the, the telescope, let's get a little background on yeah. the telescope, right? So the Hubble telescope, mm-hmm. one that everybody knows, right? Mm-hmm. When did that, when was that created? 
Oh, I think that was 93, early 90s. Oh, wow. So pretty, still pretty recent. I mean, it was, what, 30 years ago? Yeah. 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 And that was... And I think they were already starting to plan James Webb when that got finished or... Like, in that time frame. Really? It might be... I I can't confirm because I don't have the thing, but it's... The James Webb telescope planning and everything happened in the 90s. I wasn't sure if it was, like... During it, they were chit-chatting about it during the Hubble time frame, and then right after it started the program. Mm-hmm. You had so many countries involved in that fucking program. The amount of, was it, $3 trillion? The amount of money uh, spent on this thing, it's... What? The James Webb? The James Webb Telescope. It, it was so um, cool, actually, if you think about it. Just in the fact that you had so many different people involved... Uh, over the years, so many different countries. It was cool. It was like a big project. Oh, it's a massive project. A nationwide project. So, like, what is basically, what is the main difference between the imaging that the Hubble telescope can produce versus the James Webb? Biggest thing is that the James Webb can, um, um, can see the redshift. We could see in, is that UV? Ultra, ultraviolet, right? UV, yeah. Yeah. They can see that, so it sees further, much further than the uh, Hubble. Right. Absolutely much further. It's also got a bigger um, when, uh, mirror. Uh, I can't remember, is it four times the size of it? Whatever. The thing is massively bigger than mm-hmm. Hubble. Also, it's out in the L2, the uh, Larange or whatever they call it, uh, range. L2 is about a million miles away from the Earth. It's the one area where it's going to be able to stay in orbit because of the gravity. It doesn't, I think it's like, I think the Earth stops the sun's force or something like that. It's, it stops the gravity pool. Right. So it's able to just be able to linger out there. They have a couple of rockets just to keep it on course, but it doesn't take as much energy. So you're not burning as much fuel, right. uh, which is why uh, they chose that area. It's also a million miles away. So you have less like debris in the way of the, the pictures that are coming on the telescope. Um, and then you're also seeing... Uh, the shift, the red shift, seeing how far, you're seeing one of the lowest light, I think, the furthest you can measure uh, light wave wise is the UV wave. Right. Um, so so yeah. the Hubble is on the Earth, correct? No, Hubble's floating. Oh, really? Hubble's floating. Is it around the Earth? Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's I don't know, 250,000, I think, feet above the Earth. Okay, so it is floating around the Earth, yeah. but the, this one is on the edge of our... This one's a million miles away from Earth. Holy shit. Is um, it already out there? It's out there. It's been, it's it's coasting. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, things are looking good. There's been no bad issues uh, that I've read about. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's passed all the tests, and uh, I think by June, by June, we should start seeing uh, photos coming from it. There is, and this is what some people talk about, um, possibility that you could see the the remnants uh, of when the Big Bang happened, or like when it was like really starting. Oh, really? Because yeah, again, because with space, right, the farther that you see out, yeah. the farther in time you're looking. Yes, further. What you see now is not what you would see if you were there, like you moved right straight to there. Which is crazy. Yeah. You're, you're always like, seeing things in the past. It's not even like the direction that you're looking. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you uh, look, you know, towards the red stuff that's expanding. I can see that being like in the future, mm-hmm. right? No, that's all. All that's old yeah. too. Yeah. The only thing that sees it in time is light. Yeah. That's crazy. I'll dress faster than that. And so, I mean, is this James Webb telescope going to be able to cut any of that time out? Like as opposed to, I guess it's not that different. Like opposed to the Hubble, you know what I mean? Oh, no, it's going to be... This is going to take in data. I'm like, this is what's pumped about the James Webb, man. Yeah. 
we are absolutely going to learn something we never knew. Like, think about that. As a, as a race. Well, yeah. As a human species. As a race. As a human species. We're going to actually learn something fucking new. Yeah. Because of this instrument. Because what it can see. It, you can go further. What's nice about the UV ray is that it, get, it goes through debris very good. Mm-hmm. Actually, that wavelength doesn't get hurt that much uh, coming through those obstacles. So you're going to just get such crystal clear pictures. Anything the Hubble takes that they thought was interesting, they're going to totally try to capture that exact uh, same image yeah. and see even further into what that is. You're going to be able to pretty much identify exactly if there's uh, like a planet that has like water. Like you're going to be able to identify them even better now at Where a further distance. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Shit. Because yeah, they were already looking at some um, some galaxies and planets that had similar characteristics to the Earth. Exoplanets. Exoplanets. Yeah, they when they first one came out in the 90s... Um, Maybe 95, 97, something like that. Um, and ever, maybe it was 95. And ever since then, I think we found like over 5,000 now exoplanets. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They call them exoplanets? Exoplanets. Why? I, <laughs> I am not an exo-expert. Perf- it's terrible. Ex-expert. Oh, terrible. I tried a dad Ooh. joke. I should be booed. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. But uh, interesting. So, yeah, now the the new James Webb telescope is going to be able to look at those specific exoplanets. Oh, they'll probably go definitely. I would assume they're going to go back over those. Why wouldn't you? You have a tool that you can see even better into the planet. Hell yeah. Didn't they already release an image, like the black hole image from the James Webb? No, it's not from the James Webb. Oh, it was just from... Yeah, you're talking about the one that was in our galaxy. Our Milky Way's super fucking black. That thing is massive. Yeah, super massive black hole. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Science comes up with a great name. All right, what's this? It's a black hole. All right, this one's a little bit bigger. All right, we're going to call that a super black hole. <laughs> what's the next one? Gigantic black hole. This is crazy. I don't think gigantic is a what's the small? What's the small sun? What should we call that? How about the dwarf? Yeah, dwarf. It's shorter. Right. Yeah, it's just... See, are the planets going to get upset now because PC, dwarves, we're, we're little planets, okay? That's we're what we are. Planets, yeah. <laughs> that was stupid joke again. No, 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 you're good, dude. It's the comedy background and the science background. They don't, they don't mix. They don't mix too well. Have you ever like, heard Neil deGrasse Tyson try to be funny? You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's, he's dorky funny. I, gotta, I like it because it's like, I appreciate what he's going to say, and I appreciate, I respect the man. I do with his knowledge, hmm. and so when he does, it's kind of like when you remember when you were in college and your professor. He wasn't a bad professor; you didn't mind him, right? But then out of nowhere, he would crack kind of like a dad joke <laughs> or something like that. You're like, oh, because you don't expect it yeah. out of him. You're there to learn. He's got you have some respect. I hope for your professor, yeah. uh, but like when they do the little stuff, that's the same. It's funny, yeah, in a dorky kind of way. In a dorky kind of way, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, 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 but um, that is really, really interesting. I'm excited for that, man. Like you said, I think the most exciting prospect. I think that, like the, that's what you said originally too about science is the idea of learning something new, you know, uh, and, and getting excited about that's, it. That's literally what drives scientists. Yeah. Well, what's crazy to me too is I've recently watched this. Um, this video on YouTube actually about like dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did this experiment with two rats, and it was like the when they made the food a little bit harder to access, and they took the dopamine out of the rat or something like that. Basically, what they found was the result, like the food, gives them the same amount of pleasure no matter what. 
However, the rat that has to work for it a little bit releases dopamine to get that reward. And in that sense, basically they're trying to prove that the process is the important part. You know what I mean? The, the process yes. is what it makes it all worth it and makes it more pleasurable for you. Um, which is kind of scary because a lot of people right now, they're experiencing pleasure in where it's right in front of you, right here, right now. There's nothing you need to do. You know, you can just consume this, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're losing that dopamine uh, process. And so a lot of people can just be comfortable, but they don't know why. They're like, why am I unhappy? It's because you're not you're not enjoying the process because it's easier for you to, to just sit there and, and, and just watch consume. TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As opposed to making up a reason why like that's the result like dude that is such a funny thing and i believe that so much because i think even myself i do a good job i think personally i do believe that i do a good job of giving myself uh that passion feeling you're talking about these people lack and why people are more depressed because even i struggle with that once in a while where like for example i fucking i used to do music i did music for well a decade plus and I got pretty good at it. I had some good things coming from it. And then, you know, my pop passed. And I used to play a lot of my shows because he, 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 he had a crappy last five years. And a lot of times I would try to get shows just to get him out as much as possible. Right, get him downtown. Then when he passed, I was like, nah, you know what? I don't, I don't feel like playing the guitar anymore. Yeah. You know, and so... Something that I used to drive me because what am I do? I'm getting up every day, going to work, coming back home, maybe go to the gym. Uh, but uh, I would have my music. That's the thing that would be that's because I don't control most of my days. I have no control over it. So that was my little thing that kept me getting that patch. I got something I got. I want to do. Yeah. Um, then I went on a lull. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I went on like a few years ago, I, I, but I had that itch of like, I want to get back over stage. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> comedy. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's try it. It was the weirdest transition from music going to comedy, but that passion came back again. Nice. You know, and it's, it's been a rough because then you had the pandemic, which kind of cuts things down. Yeah. But, um, it's been nice because like now I have more of that feeling back again. So it does. It, that's why I think it's true. Yeah. You you don't realize hmm, routine isn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. For, it's not. I've, I've I thought I tried to convince myself that it was for the longest time too. Like oh your body appreciates routine. Like oh like your mind appreciates the expected. It's not not at all. It's absolutely. Uh, I, up to the point of what you were just saying, I, you would probably have less depression if people didn't have so much routine. Right, yeah. Because you don't know what you don't know. And when you're, and some people I think are born like this anyway, you just, your mindset or just, it kind of, I guess, funnels to this where it's accepting things just too easily. Mm. Which they're like, you know what, yeah, this is good enough. I don't need to do it anymore. Do you, is that really how you feel? Do you want it? Like, there's no thought process of like passion and um, growth. Growth. I, I just don't know how you don't want it. Mm-hmm. I am not envious though of people that have it. <laughs> that people want like I want to do nothing. You know, good. If you want to do nothing, I'm all for it. That's your life. You fucking you have a blast. Yeah. I don't envy that though. Mm-hmm. I'd rather take my side because of that drive. Oh my god, the drives everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, I mean, the results that it yields, too, of course. They come. It takes some time. (laughs) Anything takes time. Fuck, if someone... I would love to lose 20 pounds in a week. Um, (laughs) That's not happening. Uh, (laughs) It takes time to see results. Yeah, definitely. You gotta get used to it. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's still the hardest part for me, you know, is, is... finding the motivation and the passion and building that up, to be honest with you. So um, I think just looking at it through that lens of saying, oh, this is where the dopamine comes from, is Mm -hmm. the process. And realizing that, because a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think, oh, the dopamine comes from instant gratification or something like that. Mm. Uh, Which, you know, again, you're going to get a lot of pleasure from the result of it. And this kind of goes back to science, right? So it's like the scientists, you know, they could just like, oh, I wish this problem was solved. You know what I mean? That wouldn't be any fun. Yeah. Well, no, they do. So, um, it is funny because I know where you're going with that. The um, <laughs> <laughs> There is always going to be something that we need to learn. Right. I, I, do, I mean, in our life, for a long time, for most of these scientists, a, you want to solve. I can't, I bet you those scientists prefer solving a problem more than having an orgasm. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> like, that level, like, you solve something... No one else did before. Yeah. Yo, if that doesn't give you an erection, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like that get like and it's historical. Yeah. Like I mean, people in that field and and any educated person will know about these people unless you get to like the Bohr and the Einstein level. Mm -hmm. Or the Maxwell as well. Or Faraday. Faraday's a badass. Electromagnetic. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But um that's got that well, just, and, and not only that, but working on something that only... Oh, yeah, there's people that go their whole lives and know stuff something. Right. Fucking um, th- Einstein spent 30 years trying to take quantum and physics and make it merge, man. Yeah, and then he finally did it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. no one has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Physics and uh, people in quantum, they don't they don't like them. Yeah. Physics people. Real, I guess real, I don't know what they call them. <laughs> But I think that's what Kater, uh, Katerina came on, and uh, she was talking about nanotechnology mm-hmm. a little bit. And one of the reasons... she knows way more about this shit than me. People, whoever's <laughs> listening, that's a fact. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have her and Jimmy on to talk just solely about nerd stuff and just see like watch them pop off. Oh, amazing. dude! Uh, but she basically her reason for getting into that though was that you know it's in, it's very cool for me to be a part of how many people are actually working on this. How many like. <laughs> Like a specializing in mm-hmm. just this one thing, you know. What very I mean? few, very very few people. And how many people? So that's what I'm saying. When you're talking about scientists that are, it's almost a competition. You know what I mean? Where, oh, there's definitely comp. Yeah, dude, competitions run wild in the science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's what I'm saying. So it's like if you and only like seven other people are specialized mm-hmm. in this area, like that, you're that specialized, mm-hmm. then you're racing against these seven other people to figure out the general or the overarching uh, problem of our time, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Which is really, really cool. Um, and again, I, I think, of course, everybody wants to solve it, right? That's the yeah. goal. And you're going to receive a lot of pleasure from that, for oh, sure. God, but it's exciting to just be in that race, too, you know what I mean? Like, Well, there's that's got to be a high-stress, high-stress situation. High-stress, high-reward. Yeah, I mean, that's why they do it. Well, yeah. when they love science, but too, yeah, that the uh, competitive side, oh, my God. <laughs> But again, you know, it's the same, uh, I've noticed with you a lot, like with comedy, like results-wise, you want to, you, our idea of like the perfect show is always changing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
trying to make a process to get that result and then realizing, oh, that's not the result that I necessarily was going for. You know what I mean? Like, it's just always another ever-changing thing and it's a competition. And it's... See, and it's funny. And I was actually talking about competitions, God, yeah, two days ago mm-hmm. uh, with a comedian. And it's funny because it's like, I don't have a competitive mindset with comedy anymore. Or I never really did, but quite honest. Um, I, I don't see anyone uh, as a, you know, someone that I have to catch or something like that anymore. Like, I was more competitive with myself, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> you know how you are. You're the worst, you're your worst critic. Right. Uh, when it came to comedy, or in general. Hmm. But, uh, fuck, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it, was about, it was just about kind of the drive and the results. And Ah, uh, dude. Yeah. I think that's the best part about it. Because I am, I don't think everyone is, but I am definitely hard, I, I drive hard on anything. Anything I feel like I'm doing, it's 100%, dude. It's absolutely, I'm going full-fledged into it. It's not competitive you against the other comics, it's competitive you against yourself. Yeah, and some goals I try to, like, I do, listen, I'm 35, right? I got in the comedy world really fucking late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when I was putting, started out, and it was only like three and a half so years ago, or two and a half, something like that, um, my goal was just like, how fast can I get? Like, how fast can I get myself better? Like, how fast can I get a joke down? How fast can I uh, move from story, really heavy story-based comedy to now let's do segments. Let's see, can I add, all right, can I take this out? Maybe I don't even need, like, there was just a lot of, I was obsessing over it. I, every day, I would go over the same joke every fucking day. <laughs> um over and over again, I would do my same thing. People, some people like to do new jokes all the time, and there was I do put new things here and there to test that out. But I don't really. I try to focus. Uh, I worked on the first five, went from five to ten. To each thing I'm building, I'm trying to build on it. Um, different topics, but somehow correlate because you want to be able to bridge from joke to joke. Right. Um, so it was just I became fucking obsessed, dude. It was weird. I noticed it too. I was on. I was just like texting my buddy uh, Gary and Rob. Uh, we have a group text, <clears throat> and I was like, "Dude, I'm addicted right now. I am. I am a hundred percent. I can't." And then you get on a roll because sometimes when you have that, those endorphins, oh yeah, fucking click in. New jokes come quick. Then, like, oh. I get a. It happened not too long ago. Got two new. One is already now one of my main. Jo- I'm. It's in my set now. Nice. <clears throat> That's gone out real well. And then I have a second one that did decent. It definitely did decent. Uh, at a couple showcases I did. But I have some things I want to tweak on that. So I'll go back to that. So right now I'm focusing on this new one to add on to this bit that I'm doing. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Comedy's awesome. Do it. <laughs> if, you're on, if you're listening, <laughs> Denver, listen, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, Nikki P. I think that's... Um, I think comedy is awesome and uh, you should. everybody should try it for sure. Dude, 100%. I think that's a good, uh, <laughs> a good theme, a good uh, message, good takeaway. Um, we started this about science and it just devolved. Dude, weird. I went off on so many tangents. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, yeah, dude, I try to. I, and it's not, dude, my brain, when I fucking, dude, I know, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to conversations. <laughs> I know this. Yeah. And it's funny. <laughs> Think about my wife. Yo, she has to, every day, she's purposely going, she doesn't have to go back to work. She's purposely going back to work because she's trying to save our relationship. <laughs> I can get annoying because like, she'll say something and then I'll just start talking and talking and then I'll go off ADD, man. It's just... Mm. 
It's terrible. Yeah, but it's also fun. I don't think she thinks it's fun. I don't. I don't. <laughs> fun would not be the adjective I think she would use. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get a lot of those side yeah. eyes, stares. Yeah. I'm not going on a tangent again right now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's fun in small increments. I think we need to I do. cut oh. off. This has been the perfect oh, man. increment. I'm gonna smoke it. more weed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but thanks for coming out here. Dude, hell like yeah, brother. Letting, Appreciate it, man. You know, it Thank you so much. Nikki P, baby. <laughs> Nikki. This was such a fun recording. Like, it was really fun. I really appreciate you coming out here. I had such a good time recording with you. Um, and, you know, Nikki's just one of those guys that, I mean, he, I feel really comfortable, like, saying it. I got to express my theory that electrons are the sun <laughs> around this man. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I just feel comfortable. Um, throwing really anything at this guy, uh, really, really great, and uh, very kind, you know, he, he has shown kindness to me a lot in the past, so uh, definitely check him out on Instagram, you know, check him out, uh, he's got, he runs a great show, Two Dudes and a Dad, or something like that, the, the Booze Cruise, I don't know, he does a lot, he, he posts them all on his Instagram, so check him out, and um, thanks so much for listening, I appreciate you all, I hope you have a great week, thanks, I love you, amen, okay, bye. This week's episode was sponsored by Stranger Things uh, Volume 2 of Season 4. Absolutely terrible show. Uh, Coming out early July. Um, The only reason I'm really doing this... I stopped watching after Season 2, if I'm being honest. Um, But Uma Thurman's daughter is in the show. You gotta respect that, you know what I mean? Uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. Not separately, it's the same daughter, but... You know, you take what you can get. Um, I am not getting paid for this, but they are going to give me an expired Domino's pizza coupon. And at that point, I think it's really about the sentiment. So, um, sponsor me.